0: Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to a fabulous
1: Friday football edition of the Final Drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Bounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you this afternoon. Want to thank everyone for locking us in. And it's going to be a long ride until midnight, folks. We have you covered on the high school football scene uh, starting around 7 o'clock. We'll have Brian Gennard and Michael Bronner bring you Spanish Fort and Sarah Land. But... The today's news, we would love to hear from you in the app. Download any Apple Android device you have, the Sound of Mobile app. It's a free download. But Alabama and what they've decided to do at quarterback is one of the most intriguing questions going into the offseason. Staying here during the first couple of games for the Crimson Tide, Jalen Miro had made some friends against Middle Tennessee State. And then he turns around and makes a lot of enemies against Texas. Well, Nick Saban just said it this week. Job security is based on job performance. Miro doesn't get it done. Tyler Buckner now named the official starter against South Florida.
2: Yep. And I maybe I didn't see this coming, but maybe it needed to happen. Because you and I, we talked with Gary yesterday. And he said, look, I think they need to work in some RPO. I think they need to play to Milrose Strengths. I think they need to let the quarterback run some more. And you and I both kind of looked at each other like, doesn't it seem a little late in the game to just make a whole change to your offensive scheme in one week right before you really start SEC play? So I don't know if maybe they heard us or what, but they did the complete opposite and they said, look, we got the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Let's just roll with the Notre Dame quarterback and hope we can find success, and I guess we'll see what happens.
1: It's going to be interesting to see. I didn't see it coming this week. I figured what would happen here in the scenario that I predicted was that Jalen Milrow would start at quarterback this week versus South Florida. He would play maybe two series at the most, and Tyler Buckner would come in and take over for – mill but instead mill is going to have an opportunity to come off of the bench now you don't really have a huge sample size with buckner other than knowing that tommy reese was his offensive coordinator at notre dame and decided to follow him to play with the crimson tide he's only thrown five passes for alabama For only 27 yards. So not a huge sample size there. Now, if you want to have a sample size on the way he really throws it, you, you can go ahead and take a look at what he was able to do against South Carolina last year in the bowl game. I mean, the young fella was 46 out of 83 last season throwing the football. But I just don't know when Nick Saban, and you hear from him talking about his team, I think that last night on Hey Coach, on Nick Saban's show, when you talked to Pee Wee from Grand Bay, that kind of gave you an indication that Nick Saban's really
0: still scratching his head.
3: Coach, how are you, sir?
0: Well, Pee Wee, I've been wanting to talk to you all week, man. I mean, we got to firm up the pocket. <laughs> We're setting too soft. We're getting pushed
3: back in the middle. All right, everybody thinks we can't hold up against the Blitz, but they're sacking us with four-man rush, one three-man rush, only one sack came off of a pressure, so I wanted to ask you, what the hell's going on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe
2: he covered it all right there, coach. coach.
1: Nick wants to know what the no, hell is God.
2: going I on mean, with honestly, folks. Honestly, that was about as in depth as an answer as Nick Saban has given in a while. Like, he addressed all the legitimate concerns. They're not getting just beat on the blitz, they're just getting beat when they rush three. Um,. Uh, Alabama's got a lot of issues, Corey. They have a lot no, of issues. What? I don't think Alabama has a lot of issues. I don't They can't run the ball. They can't block for the quarterback. They can, they can run the ball. They're
1: not successfully. Okay. And, and and Texas has a damn good reason because of it. Texas is not your average Joe defense. It's not like they're running out there against Middle Tennessee or South Florida. Texas has one of the best fronts that you'll see
2: in college football. Yes, so, I think t- to so, answer that, but let's think about it. How much better is Texas than the rest of Alabama's SEC competition this year? Is, is
1: a hell of a lot better than a lot of the so? SEC competition. You think they're miles better than LSU? I'm not going to say miles because you're talking about LSU coming in as a preseason top five team in That's the country. Right. I'm just but saying. But LSU is not on the level of Texas. Texas is the best team on Alabama's schedule,
2: I'll, period. I'll agree with that. But I just don't know how much better they are than the competition they're going to be facing later on in the year, which, okay, I'll, let me ask you this. Right now, and this is way off in the future, Sure. Alabama-LSU, is that a coin flip game to you, where we stay now? It's always
1: a coin flip okay. game, Alabama-LSU. Same
2: with Tennessee?
1: No. Alabama, Tennessee is not a coin flip. We've kicked their tails for 16 consecutive years until last year. Not a coin flip.
2: No. I just – Alabama has not – here's what I'll say. What has been the one bright spot of Alabama so far this season where you're like, man, that was pretty good. Special teams. Special teams, but in in terms of offense, defense – it was Jalen Milrow against Middle Tennessee. Everyone was gushing about this guy. That's the best athlete on the field, offense and defense, right there at the quarterback position. There he is. He had that amazing fumble where he was able to take it for a touchdown. That was amazing. Now, all of a sudden, that, really, that one really bright spot of Alabama's season, now this guy's not going to play a down if we're really rolling with Buckner as the starter? Because I, I don't think they're going to do like the Robbie Ashford goal line, package, Miller. They might, but all of a sudden, this player that we've all said, this is the best guy on the football field as an athlete, he's not even going to play. Is that not kind of wild? He's going to play. He's going to get in the game. And
1: it's just going to be a role reversal of what you saw against Middle Tennessee because what did you see against Middle Tennessee? When did Tyler Buckner touch the field? Much later than anticipated because I expected to see Tyler Buckner probably right around the beginning of the second quarter or halfway through the second quarter and to continue to try it out in the third quarter. You did not see Tyler Buckner until almost four or five minutes left to go in the third quarter in which you already had a 28 to zero lead going into the half. So, as far as the role reversal with Buckner along with Miro, I still say Miro is the best quarterback on Alabama's roster. Now, do I think Buckner deserves an opportunity? Absolutely. Did I think he was going to start? No, I did not. Do I think he is going to finish the game, the entire game against South Florida? I do not. Now, that's where you're playing with fire because, again, the sample size – for South Florida. It's South Florida. You you just need not make mistakes. Because what is what is you think is going to be the tolerance level for Buckner's
2: mistakes? That's what I, I don't know. I, and it's it's it can't be a calming vibe in the locker room when Jalen Milrow has one bad game, he's gone. We're rolling with Buckner. What happens when he has a bad game? Like you say, what if he's what if those two interceptions against Ole Miss and Alabama maybe barely wins by three? I don't think you can just have this revolving door of quarterback where you just try to flip-flop it. That's just going to be chaos, and that's going to lead really to a really rocky Alabama season. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I, I mean, what do you think? How long do you think Tyler Bu- Buckner's leash is?
1: Tyler Buckner will will at least play again. The role reversal will be there for Tyler Buckner. He will get through the first half as long as he does not turn the football over. Because look at how Jalen Milrow looked in the first half versus Middle Tennessee. There was no naysayers in the first half against Middle Tennessee. And I'm hoping that there's no naysayers with Buckner coming and taking the reins here on tomorrow at 230 in the first half i'm hoping that alabama's up 28 or 35 to zero and he's having a world beater type of day and i know we have a caller on the line caller good afternoon thanks for calling into the final drive
3: Hey, guys, it's St. David here. I'm going to start something new this year and try to change the subject a little bit, but I'm going to do a lock of the week uh, this year. So this is St. David's lock of the week. The Saints defense will still not have a touchdown scored against them after the uh, after this weekend is over with, and they're going to have two interceptions and three sacks of Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, and the score is going to be
4: 17-9. to well, that's Saint David's lock of the week.
2: Well, Saint David, that's definitely a lock. They won't have a touchdown scored on them this weekend because they don't play till Monday night.
4: <laughs> well,
3: uh, I'm saying this weekend. I'm including Monday I
4: night got in you. The, uh, this weekend.
3: I got
5: you.
1: Well, hey, not a I-, I like for them not to beat Carolina. I-, I think that Bryce will score a touchdown against them but we'll see how that plays itself out we'll continue Carolina's
2: going to be one of the worst teams in the league man they're not doing Bryce Young any favors I don't think he's a bust or anything but that roster is not helping him out
1: well the same thing applies to Alabama's offensive line that Nick Saban just finished talking about he wanted to know what's going on not a lot of bust necessarily because you look at the way that they gave up the sacks but you have to find a way to open up holes. You have to find a way to to be in a situation where Alabama, when you look at this stat total, you have to have close to 475-plus yards of total offense against South Florida. Because if you don't have that, then you're in trouble going against Ole Miss. And I, I think Ole Miss is not a top-tier SEC team but it sure would make Lane Kiffin's day for the next year to
2: say I, I knocked off my former boss. I just think, I think we're hyper-focused on the quarterbacks because, I mean, quarterback is the position you hyper-focus on in football, but no one has stood out on Alabama, I guess, other than special teams, but those blocks, those blockers aren't blocking, the pass rushers aren't getting any pass rush, the running backs can't get more than four yards of carry. The wide receivers aren't doing anything too spectacular. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, hey, maybe Buckner's the answer. Maybe maybe they have a square peg and a round hole with Milro and maybe now it's going to all work and fit perfectly. What does it hurt, though? I mean, what what, do you, what are you going to find out about
1: this Alabama team against South Florida, Nick? What do you think fans are going to find out? What do you think the country's going to find out? It's I, a 35-point spread. What, what, is,
2: what are you going to find out? I know. I See, that's the thing. I thought Alabama – remember when I said Alabama looked way better than Texas after that Rice game and after Middle Tennessee? I was getting a little kind of worried about my pick. And then Texas was just the dominant team. So, I think maybe what you'll find is maybe more schematic. What – can Buckner hit those first down, second down? He's got to hit their intermediate. Those, that, can he convert that third and six consistently? Can he get the ball out quick? Now, here comes another issue with that – Offensive line not able to block. is not going to be able to run for his life like Milrow could and potentially get some yardage out of the pocket completely breaking down. It'll be interesting to see. And, Jordan, in the app, I'm an avid Alabama fan. This team's going to lose two to three more games if they play like they did against Texas. Without question. Let's not act like those wide receivers were separating themselves from coverage consistently either. That's what I'm saying. None of the wide receivers were open at all. There was never an open man where it was like, oh, Milro, what were you doing? That never happened. You, you have
1: the ability of explosiveness. Ja'Cory Brooks, I don't know where he is right now. I, I have not a clue as to where he has disappeared and gone to. You you see Burton, and you see the burst that he does have. You were able to see him uh, co- separate for a couple of touchdowns. Kobe Prentice, I think he's an intermediate-type route runner. I know that he can come up clutch in that situation Alabama is is the team that I just don't know what playing South Florida you're, you're favored by 33 points I just don't know what you're going to learn in this game versus South Florida you're supposed to beat them by 33 plus you're supposed to cover that line and if you don't no matter whether it's Milroe or Buckner I know that what happens here Buckner goes out and plays the same exact way that Miro did against Middle Tennessee. Does that give... Will be
2: high for Ole Miss.
1: That gives Alabama that fans a lot more confidence in yes. the quarterback position going into Ole Miss because I would much rather have had a better sample size of... And Nick Saban go against his gut because he said it in his Saturday press conference after the Texas game. Did he ever consider putting in Buckner against Texas? the big boys, up front
2: to see what he could do. Well, and I guess if you really – see, now we're like, all right, Buckner's going to be the guy for the rest of the year if everything works out how we want it to. If you have this confidence in Buckner where you're like, all right, uh, let's just go with him for the rest of the year. When it got bad against Texas, why didn't you just put him in there if you really do believe in this guy? Because now I'm thinking Nick Saban just truly doesn't believe in any quarterback in that quarterback room and – I think the players can probably feel that energy, right? I mean, here we are, Mike, dissecting it. And every media outlet that every Alabama player and SEC fan listens to, we're all talking about it. So we all know it's an issue. So, therefore, the players know it's an issue. They, there's no doubt they know it's an issue. Be, but
1: here is the ultimate end game: The confidence, I don't think the locker room is shook at all. I don't think that there is half the locker room pulling for Buckner, half the locker room pulling for Milro, or there be disgruntled players because Coach Saban made this decision to start Buckner. Because that's why you have a quarterback competition. That's what we've been talking yeah, about but it still prior real, to Buckner even there's arriving. There's
2: still real human emotion, though. This guy left Texas there to come There can be emotion here. without it becoming that, a distraction. But he won that job. He gets his one big chance against the big opponent. They immediately rip it it's away his only from only
1: third career start.
2: His third career start. No one in
1: America should overreact over a player's third career start against a top three team in the country. No one. You can you can be disgruntled with the fact that he threw it to white jerseys twice, and he did not read the coverage. Well, you show me a quarterback that has not thrown an interception or have one that they would like to back or has in their career not cost their team a game, and I'll show you a quarterback who has never been invented, who does not exist because it it just doesn't happen. It's just the fact that Alabama and the rest of the United States of America have become – Enthralled with the fact, when you name Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa,
2: mm-hmm. Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts, you so
1: as an you Alabama, think, you've
2: never seen that before. You think that Jalen Milrow, when it came out that Buckner's starting, he was just in the locker room saying, "Hey, good for you, man. You're gonna do great for the team. You're a better option than me. Good luck." Every quarterback is competitive.
1: Right. Never wants to lose their position. No starter wants to be replaced, but that sometimes is the best motivation. But you don't the
2: bench is the best motivation. In his ear, he's hearing throughout the first two weeks where he's playing, oh, the most dominant athlete on that field is Jalen Milrow. The highest potential. Who's hearing Jaylen that? Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow's hearing that. And now all no, of a sudden, that you know, joke is humbled, hey, man, man he's you're, not, humble. you're not getting on the field He's humble.
1: Now. He's humble, Nick. You, you've never what seen him. He? He's very humble. What year is he? He's humble. He He's a, a first-year starter. I know, but like what year be, in college he, look, is he? He could be a senior, and it a senior? wouldn't matter. Is he it he a wouldn't senior? matter. No. It no. wouldn't matter. He won't play for
2: Alabama next year. You're saying he's going to hit the portal? Yep. He's going to portal up. That's it.
0: Well, yes, sir. It'll be interesting it'll, to gonna see. He's going to go
2: somewhere where they're going to ride with him uh, through thick or thin, I think. It, it'll it be interesting to see what happens. Because think about the the crap games Anthony Richardson had last year. In Florida, they never said, hey, man, we got to get you out of here. They just rode it out. And then Anthony Richardson ended up being a top draft pick. Now, Florida didn't have success as a team, but look what it did for Anthony Richardson's career. Uh, you don't I'm think Jalen right Milo kind of has those thoughts going on in his head?
1: No, he does not. He He's one of those guys that I believe will stick and stay and, and find a way to get himself back on the field. And at the end of the day, don't throw interceptions to the wrong team. Don't throw, don't you can throw a interception, but that second one is really what put the nail in the coffin for Jalen Milrow. Now, had Alabama won that game and found a way, and there's not a quick turnaround 10 points or 14 points within a matter of 15 seconds. It's a whole different storyline that we're talking about. The narrative is totally different, and that's the great part about each and every Saturday you have an opportunity to handle your business and secure your position, keep your position, or lose it. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5 continues. Corey Bounty along with Nick Wiggins. We'll talk more about the Crimson Tide's decision to switch up QB1 and also – There is no switching up of QB1 going on in
2: Colorado. No problem at all. QB1, coach number one, team number one, TV ratings number one. They got Uh, it all out there. They've got a lot going on
1: for them. We'll talk about that on the other side of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Hey, this
4: is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNSP.
1: Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5 Corey Bounty along with Nick Wiggins joining you on this football field. Fantastic Friday and we want to thank you for locking in here to the final drive. We've been talking about in this first segment about the benching of Mill and someone in the app wants to know is Ty Simpson going to stick around because a lot of hype came in to Ty Simpson and being that guy this season. No, I don't think Ty Simpson has, and in my mind, ever been considered the guy. Now, he was highly recruited, but never have I heard him rising, especially when Buckner transferred. He was automatically the number three on the roster. When there was no if, ands, or buts about. it. He's so young still. Well, right? here, here's the thing. We are in a society in which we talked about this yesterday on the show. It is instantaneous. If you don't like it, if you don't like the fact that you're not getting playing time, there's only so many. I mean, Nick Saban had five quarterbacks on the roster. Five quarterbacks going in to this summer. And nobody moved nobody transferred everybody wanted to stand and take their turn that's one of the reasons that i
2: feel that nick saban waited so long to name a qb1 did they all want to stand and take their turn or did they all think that they had the ability no, to claim it for no, themselves? no no
1: no no you can't be four and five and think there's only one football you
2: already know coming in that Who's going to probably take the most reps? I know, but we've already gone through two quarterbacks in three weeks. Who's to say we won't get a third later on in the year. I will say this. With Julian saying, coming in,
1: folks, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in the country, if not the highest-rated quarterback in the country, you go ahead and you look at him coming in as a true freshman, yes, somebody's going to portal out because you're not going to have six quarterbacks on the roster. So I know for a fact Julian's saying he has those type of tangibles that you're looking for that Bryce Young came in. And even Bryce Young, did he come in and start as a true freshman or did he sit and wait his turn and learn a little bit from Mac Jones? What What did he do? I mean... It, I, that was a
2: different time, man. Uh, it's three years now. ago? It, it's, it's, no. It's changed a lot in three I, I, I years. was... Look, no, Jaylen the portal Milrow, was still there. Jalen Milrow just got that Beats NIL deal, right? You think Dr. Dre was thinking, or Apple, whoever owns it now, was saying, yeah, this is good for a backup quarterback who's not going to get any minutes? No. And Jalen Milrow, once you get the taste of what people offer a starting quarterback of a college football program with a... Uh, modestly bankable name at this point in Jalen Milro. he's going to leave Corey say S- goodbye go ahead and write your postcard maybe he's going to Vanderbilt and going to be a superstar over there maybe he'll go down to Georgia Tech I don't know where the guy's going to go but he is not going to be wearing crimson next year I'm telling you for business for his future it doesn't make sense Sorry,
1: Nick. Nick, It's going to (laughs) make sense for him to go ahead and write the ship.
2: He's going to write the ship. Oh, man. I do not agree with that. There's just no way. Imagine it's your son, right? Sure. Hey, dad, they're benching me. They ain't running an offense that works for me. All of a sudden, NIL deals. People that were talking to me, they're not talking to me no more. I still got big dreams. I want to keep playing football after college here. It doesn't look like I'm going to have that opportunity to really grow my game. What should I do? He's going to stay. No. No way. He's going to stay. No
1: way. He's going to stay. No way. And he's going to be the difference maker. <laughs> Just like Robbie Ashford decided to be patient at Auburn, Bill Rowe has the opportunity, has had the opportunity that Robbie Ashford has not even had yet, which is to become QB1.
2: He's also had the opportunity of losing a job that Robbie Ashford hasn't.
1: And can gain it back because he's not fired. The final drive will be right back here at 3.30.
5: Hey there, this is Bob Baumauer,
0: ex-Jock, head fry cook, and I listen to 105.5 WNSP, Mobile, Alabama.
1: Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Bounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this fantastic football field Friday. And Jake Crane, J-Boy from Crane & Company, joins us this afternoon. Jake, how's it going, my friend?
6: Man, it's going great. Anytime y'all bring me on with that uh, Drizzy Drake rider, man, it's it's a good start. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, it was a great start, for Jalen Milro. we've been harping on that here on our show this afternoon for a particular reason of him being now benched after the performance that he had against Texas and to your credit and to Nick's credit you guys all right, all went right, ahead right. and found Texas defeating Alabama regardless of the deficiencies that are still on Texas's roster but I will say this. I was a little bit shocked today. I thought Nick Saban would go ahead and roll with Milrow for maybe the first quarter. And then I thought Buckner would take the reins and ultimately be the starter against Ole Miss.
6: Yeah. You know, it it does feel a little bit knee jerk, but look at the end of the day, Nick Saban is is obviously earned enough equity that that you got to trust what he thinks. You know, my biggest problem is look it, And and we talked about this before the Texas game, you know, and and you got to give all credit to Texas first off, but you had a lot of moving parts at Alabama, right? You you had a new quarterback starting. You had a new left tackle. You're transitioning schematically and philosophically offensively. I just don't know how when you watch Jalen Milroe during fall camp and you're running this pro-style offense or or a version of it that you didn't see that he's making his mind up where he's going to throw the ball before the ball is snapped when it comes to the three-step and the five-step drop. So I, I feel like Jalen Milroe was kind of – it's kind of like fitting a square peg in a round hole right now. During this transitory period, why not tailor the offense a little bit more towards him because you saw flashes of it. I mean, on I think it was the first or second drive. You know, they ran a a zone read RPO uh, with a wide receiver option attached to it, and he hit Jermaine Burton after rolling out for a first down on a big third down. I I don't understand how you sit there and look at that and then decide, hey, we're going to keep this guy in a pro-style offense the rest of the way through. Now, Jalen, he's got to get to his second read and and third read or throw the check down or bail, uh, but I think there's some blame to go on both sides, and and it does feel a little knee-jerk. Look. Tyler Buckner, everybody keeps saying, oh, he's a better fit for this offense. Well, Tyler Buckner's a better runner than he is thrower. And if you watch, he's got experience, but most of his experience is throwing to Stephon Gilmore's little brother at Marshall uh, in in the few snaps that he had. So this feels like... Uh, a little bit of an overreach but South Florida is is probably the perfect opponent for this to happen with uh, because they, they're bad enough where you're better than they are at pretty much every position but they're also good enough uh, that you're going to be able to find out some things so I, I, I understand why you know he, he wants to make a move it's amazing Jalen Milroe can get pulled after making a couple bad plays against Texas but Jeff Sims can't catch a snap and Nebraska keeps him in there for as long as possible
1: <laughs> I guess that's the difference between SEC football and, and the goat and what's going on in Nebraska who gets pounded by Colorado and I, I know that the Deion Sanders effect it, it's real uh, Jake whether we want to sit and pat him on the back or say look I personally didn't think Colorado would win three games this year I'll be totally honest with you but why would still, you still haven't, that's, still true, haven't. that's true that's true but why it would will. you why would you poke the bear if you're Colorado State yeah. head coach, over. Why?
6: Why? What do you have to gain by that? Yeah. Look, I I opened the show with that this morning. Listen, I it, you know I I was taught take your hat off at the table, you know I, I was taught things like that, and I don't have any problem with Deion Sanders wearing sunglasses and a hat during the post game interview. I, I just you know your job as a coach, especially as a head coach, is to try and give your team every advantage to win. You know Colorado State probably wasn't going to win this game anyway. But one slight advantage they have is that Colorado, everybody's telling them how great they are. People are looking ahead to USC and Oregon. Do they have a chance? Could they possibly win the Pac-12 against all odds? So you had a chance to, to be a little bit slept on and maybe sneak them a little bit early. But I'm just trying to figure out why in the world even, you know, it, I, I agree with what Norvell's, his, the way he was brought up is the way I was brought up. But How does this help your football team? You're literally feeding in to the Colorado narrative year one with Deion Sanders that, oh, they don't respect us, but most importantly, they don't respect me. His whole mantra is, it's personal. Well, it's one thing to come out and say, you know, Colorado's caught a lot of breaks. We're going to go in there and fight hard and, and whatever. It's another thing to insult the man's character. Like, and and really legitimately make it personal. Now you took what should be a slight advantage for you and turned it into a huge advantage for them. Now, if somebody that took Colorado minus 23 and a half i'm celebrating the fact that jay norvell can't read the room i just don't think this puts your team in a better position to win the game not because bulletin board material happens while the game's going on or, or has an effect while the game's going on where bulletin board material has an effect is in preparation it narrows focus it stops the looking ahead and football is the game that you play like you prepare well it, like i said on the show they just reserved two
2: tickets to Butt whoopin an Island and are going to get nothing in return. I'll say this: I guess in maybe he had the right idea, but he approached it wrong. Because I'll say this: I I have never heard a quote from the Colorado State head coach until that went viral. Do you think he was maybe trying to do his own Deion Sanders impression by being uh, showing some bravado and being overtly confident, or do you think he just completely missed the mark on that?
6: I think, first off, it felt staged to me. Second off, uh, game day is coming there. You don't need any more pub. When's the last time Colorado State had game day come anywhere (laughs) like that they were? So you already have that. And then, you know, again, if you're going to make waves like this, you're not the one that's got to play left tackle against Colorado. You're not the one that's got to cover Travis Hunter. So basically, you're over here talking ish. And your players now have to go back it up and take the physical brunt of it. To me, it was a total misguide. Miscar- it feels like LMS. It feels like little man syndrome to me, if we're going to
1: be honest. Yeah, it's a lot of little man syndrome. It's sad that Dion is coming to this stadium in a matter of eight months, taking all of the thunder and the heat. And when you look around college football, Jake, this past week, outside of what Dion has been able to accomplish, outside of Alabama and Texas, other storylines that really intrigue you going into this weekend. I, I, I don't hear a lot of noise and fuss about Florida and Tennessee. You don't hear a lot of noise about South Carolina and Georgia. I, I, is, is there a reason for that? Are those just just horrible matchups as it is?
6: Well, listen. Well, what I find amazing is all we do, I, all you hear people do, is complain about it not being football season. Then, when one weekend comes here where every game is in Texas versus Alabama, everybody calls it a subpar weekend. There's never a subpar weekend when I can watch college and NFL football. So hey, I don't want to hear half brother. these people complaining when you know you're having to just watch the NBA or Quidditch or whatever the <laughs> heck else is on when football season isn't on. That that's that's not a real thing. And to be honest. So Honestly, it really grinds my gears. It's a pet peeve of mine. But we got to start an SEC play, guys. I mean, right. we got to start a conference play. South Carolina's going to go get murdered by Georgia. <laughs> love the under in that game. LSU-Ford, I think, is going to be tight. That line's falling like the Titanic in the ocean right now. Uh, I think that's going to be a field goal game. You got Missouri, Kansas State. That one's sneaky as well. But what I love the most, is when you have opposite styles that meet each other. We saw Memphis Navy last night. You got Minnesota playing North Carolina this weekend. There's no such thing as a subpar weekend. And if you think about, if you think there is, I think you have subpar opinions.
1: Football at its best on a Saturday, when especially Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, you get five days out of the week of it, real quick. I know that also LSU and Mississippi State. LSU looking to show themselves. They, they bounce back, lick their wounds after that Florida State offense arrives. But Mississippi State's one of those squads. This is only a nine-and-a-half line on this game, and it's down in Stark Vegas. Uh, I really like Mississippi State sticking around in this one.
6: Yeah, listen, I mean, I I think LSU, two of the biggest things they have to accomplish this weekend, they've got to reestablish physicality. LSU is not a finesse program. LSU should strike the fear of God in opponents when they turn the film on with some of the athletes and their physical potential that they have on that roster whenever the film gets turned on. Uh, I I think you're going to see that. And then, you know, the most shocking thing, about lsu Fort State, and we talked about this last week, is that LSU reverted back to early LSU 2022. They, had, they, they, they only had four passes that were 15 yards or more against Florida State. That's unacceptable. You can't win that way because safeties creep up. They help take away the run game. They take away the intermediate pass game. They take away the short pass game. And it's funny, those two things go along with each other. The more physical you are in the run game and your ability to run, the easier it is to take your shots downfield. So, LSU, I actually think LSU wins this game by double digits for two reasons. One, they're backed in a corner and they're a wounded animal. They know they have to thread the needle right now to have a chance to be able to make the college football playoff. Two, they're just more athletic than Mississippi State is, especially when LSU's offense is on the field against Mississippi State's defense. Now, I will say, I think Mississippi State going to a more balanced approach because nobody was more predictable than Mississippi State the last couple years. And I love Mike Leach. May he rest in peace. There's a reason everybody rushed three and drop eight. And Mississippi couldn't hit an explosive play if they brought Robert Oppenheimer on staff. But now that they have some semblance of balance, Woody Marks is getting his touches. I know they only threw 17 passes last week, but I think it's going to into more explosive plays but LSU is pissed off they feel like they have a chip on their shoulder they got punked in front of the whole world the only thing that was missing was Ashton Kutcher in the cameras I like LSU big this weekend
2: talking with Jake Crane Crane and Company Jake you mentioned you know a weekend with NFL and SEC football or college football in general is a great weekend no matter what we only really ever talk college football with you I'm curious what what was your preseason Super Bowl pick Man, it was the Jets until Aaron Rodgers just, you know, got dipped mine. in the water
6: up until his Achilles. Uh I don't believe in Zach Wilson. Uh he looks like he's hanging out with Robin Williams on the set of hook right now, trying to trying to yeah. you know run around and, and kill that alligator with the clock. Uh but I tell you what, man, it, it's been a very sloppy start. Sometimes it is when you have a lot of players that don't play in the preseason. Uh that's how it works. But I'll tell you this. Do not be lulled to sleep by these unders. The NFL knows that fantasy and points help run that league. I guarantee you there will be so many defensive penalties this next weekend, it will make your head spin. You'll wonder if Linda Blair's had a part in it.
2: Man, I feel like Matt Damon and Stuck on you, man, because I feel like we have some type of connection. Y'all I are drinking the Jets. same Kool-Aid. We had Texas. Man, we need to, we need to go hit the boats together, man.
6: It, are, are we are we the two twins that Vegas has underneath in that pool, hooked up to all those wires, <laughs> making
2: decisions? I don't know, Nick. Hey, I mean, because he had the Jets, 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 Jets beating rocking, the Cowboys. I'm rolling with Dallas now, though. Now that my Jets are out of rolling Oh no, oh, Nick, not like
6: this. <laughs>
2: I'm not doubling like down on Texas. That's gonna blow it, dude. No, no, that's gonna blow it. I'm
1: sorry. That's where that's where he was going. He was going with the Jets well, and the Cowboys, you, who, and now he's
2: going to go to the Cowboys. Who were you rerouting from from the Jets? Oh God! If we're calling a hot route on it. When look, you, you, I um, feel like you get a mulligan, right? If when Aaron Rodgers goes down,
6: well, like that, yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, come on, man! You like you ring the doorbell, then I answer it, and you kick me in the groin and run away. I mean, of course I get a reroute. I'm gonna say right now if I had to pick, I'm gonna look, man. I'm gonna go Eagles. I know, I know they're trying to – the Eagles are trying their best to turn Jalen Hurts into Dak Prescott. He's not a pocket passer. Stop doing this. He's better when he's more versatile. Get him on the move. Run your zone read. Don't try and turn him into Dan Marino. That's not him. That's what ruined Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the Eagles and the Chiefs. That was my Super Bowl prediction there and we, we talked at the beginning of our interview Jake about quarterback play at Alabama I, I, I know quarterback play at Auburn anytime you're talking about quarterback play Auburn goes on to the west coast Wins are ugly when does not matter how ugly it was at the end of the day Hugh Freeze is 2-0 as the Dab. head coach at Auburn and he says look he's going to figure his quarterback situation out he says I don't want a two quarterback system sometimes Do you think it's not what you want versus what you're going to get? Because I know Sanford's just a tune-up for Auburn to get ready to go to Texas A&M. Yeah,
6: look, I mean, the way they rotated quarterbacks, you can never get into a rhythm, right? It's one thing to have a package guy that comes in every now and then. It's another thing when you're rotating guys every four to five plays. Peyton Thorne's got to play better, okay? You're a coach's son. You've got a bunch of experience. They brought you in. You can't come in and and panic at the disco, man. You've got to come in and play better. Uh, Auburn actually ran the ball pretty well. But listen, some of it, too, you know, the turnovers, which Peyton Thorne had one of those on the first drive, which scares me. But, you know, the the turnovers and the penalties were very untimely. You found a way to win. The defense stepped up. But if Auburn's going to get to eight wins, Peyton Thorne's got to figure it out.
1: That's going to be critical there. And I know looking forward to this weekend as far as college football, as far as NFL football, the same way we look forward to talking to you each and every Friday here on the final drive. And we'll have a lot to talk about in regards this time. Next week is Auburn preparing to go on the road to Texas A&M Alabama preparing to open up against Ole Miss Jake. How can people follow and listen to you daily?
6: Uh, look, guys, it's always a pleasure to come on. I mean, you bring me in to Drake. I exit with Future. You guys are going to gas me up today on a Friday. Uh, look, the easiest way, uh, go to YouTube. Type in and Company, C-R-A-I-N-N Company. We're live each weekday, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. It stays on YouTube forever on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. we got a Saturday game day special with Cole Kublik. we got a Sunday recap and an NFL preview. We're bringing it literally every single day uh, with great bets as well. So if you enjoy this type talk, Come hang out with us. I think you'll like it.
1: Appreciate you, Jake.
6: Hey, always, guys. Thanks.
3: This is Andrew now, Alabama
0: former quarterback. You're listening
2: to WNSD the 105.5. They say great minds think alike, and that was proven true in that segment right there. Even though he wasn't vibing with my Cowboys, but. They look good. I really thought he was going to say Niners. I didn't think the Eagles looked that good last night. They got that W. They did get the W, but they didn't look that good against New England. They didn't look that good against Minnesota. And then you got, like, the Niners and the Cowboys. They all look so dominant. It doesn't have to be
1: dominant as long as you stay healthy and you get that W. That's what the Eagles did. Fly Eagles fly. Yeah. Made Kevin Hart proud. They definitely did (laughs) 2-0 Philadelphia. Coming up next, we'll have Al Whedon with the MCPSS Television Network to preview the Williamson versus Viger game tonight, a Mm. critical 5A Region 1 matchup. We'll hear from Al Whedon coming up next here on The Final Drive.
0: Sound of Mobile presents For the Wing, the final drive. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh my gracious. Yep. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the Wing! Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app.
1: Welcome to our number two of the Final Drive. Corey Bounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this football field. Fantastic Friday on WNSP 105.5. Make sure you download the free Sound of Mobile app to any Android or Apple device you have so you can correspond with us here in the app. Of course, Pigskin Pete Show will be coming up tonight talking about his pregame and his postgame show
2: as sure. well. If you, want our d- if you want all the updates yes. of all the games around the county, all our listeners, they contribute. So that is the place to be. It's basically the live ticker you see at the bottom of ESPN. It's that, but for high school sports. Live updates, live scores. It's the place to be. It, it, it's important on a Friday night to
1: keep updated. I know last night being at Ladd Stadium, keeping up to date with the st paul's and murphy score right there on the wnsp app it's a great place to go to check that out and a great place to go to check out some fantastic friday night football on the mcpss television network is our next guest al weeden al how's it going my friend
4: Hey, man, it's a fantastic football fry. yay Corley Cannot wait, my brother.
1: And tonight we are going to be treated at Ladd Stadium with a critical and big-time 5A Region 1 matchup between two powerhouses, Viger and Williamson.
4: Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, it's a 5A Region 1 battle. Both teams are 2-0 and in 5A Region 1, so it's it's very huge. Uh, for 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 this region, this is a nine-team region. So you know every every game is critical for them, and it just so happens tonight, pretty much everyone is in, in region play. Another big one taking place: Gulf Shores against UMS Wright, viger against Williamson, and, and that means you have teams who are basically kind of jockeying for playoff positions. I know it's early in the year, but. As I said, every win is critical. Right now in the region, Gulf Shores is 2-0, Viger is 2-0, Williamson is 2-0, UMS Wright is 1-0. So, you know, a win, a loss here could possibly, you know, have something to do with your fate later on in the year. When you look back one year ago, there was a third, there was a three-way tie for the fourth spot. Uh, Williamson, BC Rain, and Viger both had the same record, and they both had beat each other. But Williamson got into the playoffs because they played a 10th game. Viger only played nine games last year. Even though they beat Williamson 6 to nothing, not having that 10th game and maybe being victorious kept them out of the playoffs. So it's huge and very critical that you secure your region wins each week as they come up. So it's going to be a good one tonight at uh, Lackville Stadium. Looking forward to it. It's always a good battle when you have uh, you have Viger and Williamson coming together, Corey.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. I mean, you want Viger and Williamson to play in a fantastic 5A Region 1 matchup. There's going to be some big-time players on the field for Viger. Viger gets scared a week ago coming back and winning in overtime. But Micah DuBose is that guy who's the junior left tackle for the Wolf Pack. He was at the Alabama Texas game. We know he's verbally committed to Georgia and he's been thinking about Ohio State as well. This is a Viger program that wants to establish itself on the ground and through the air and just have a balanced attack.
4: And pretty much you're right about that. Uh, you know, having a balanced attack and having a guy like Micah DeBose as your left tackle on the blind side you know can definitely help propel you to keeping things balanced even though they're kind of tending to a bit more on the running so far because they've had a young man to emerge uh, not not just based on out of nowhere because he's a speedster but almost out of priority because uh, they started the season with Ja'Cory Barnes at running back and he went out with a game one injury and Carlos Benjamin has just stepped up running behind that great blocking of Micah DeBose. Benjamin right now almost at 500 yards has seven touchdowns on the season ran one for 99 yards last week in the come-from-behind win against Citronelle. And as you stated, Corey, it's huge to run behind a fellow like Micah DeBose, uh, Coach Marcus Cookfield. He has the chance to be one of the best ever to come through Viger. If the kid can stay focused and play hard and, and if he doesn't take plays off, Marcus Cook says this is a chance we could see this guy playing on Sunday somewhere in the National Football League. He is just that talented. I mean, he plays soccer as well, which I think is a very smart move. He keeps his endurance up uh, as left tackle. So he also plays tennis as well. So you know he's he's light on the feet if you want to call it that. As I've been a former tennis player, so he has good good foot good footwork. Uh, he moves well. And uh, but right now, Carlos Benjamin is moving quite well for the Wolfpack. I mean, he is just he's doing it on the ground and through the air as well, receiving some passes, uh some catches as well, but uh, on the ground he has been something else. He is part of Viger's 5A state championship 4 by 100 team. He's one of the four men who won a state championship for Viger. So he has the speed you and I saw at week 1 against against blunt. It, it is something else. So it's going to be interesting how Williamson's defense is going to try to contain that young man and contain Viger. We know Antonio Coleman is a defensive-minded coach, you know, for the most part. He kind of handles defense uh, over at Williamson. So, and these games kind of typically turn out to be low-scoring matchups. Score last year was six to nothing. Um, not too many blowouts. They have them, but but they're kind of hard-fought hard games. So, it wouldn't surprise me if the winner scored no more than 14 points tonight. Maybe no more than 17. I would not be shocked at all.
2: We were all able to catch MGM take down Foley in dominant fashion last week. Uh, This week, you got Foley coming out and playing Baker after dropping 60-something. You got MGM. Now they're going out to Fairhope. What do you think about Foley and the way that they performed last week against MGM, and are they going to be able to bounce back against a team like Baker coming off such a hot week?
4: Um. I don't know if Foley may be able to bounce back. I don't know. Because for Foley, it's not like they're going to get a sleepover. I mean, you have Josh Flowers and, and Bryce Kane and Rod Taylor coming to town after, as you just said, Nick, after they put up a record-setting uh, <laughs> scoring affair last, oh my goodness, I think Baker just scored again. A matter of fact, they scored so many times. So I, I think Foley is in for a, a, a tough go about it. Um it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if, if Baker came out on top. Baker's kind of rolling right now, man. They are on fire. They're undefeated. They're doing their thing and even going back to MGM. I mean, they were who we thought they were. They were who we thought they were. That defense, I could see why they were only giving up four points uh a contest. On defensive wise, for the Vikings, they they held Foley scoreless for three quarters until sometime in the fourth quarter they finally got on the board. They shut down Colton and Nero. I mean, the defense shut them down. They're quick. Uh, they're agile. So Foley's got the hands full tonight with Baker. And and here's another thing too. I think MGM is going to be in an interesting battle with Fairhope. Fairhope beat Spanish Fort in the first week, but they've lost the past two weeks to Pensacola teams outside of the area. A lot of people don't understand why they play Pensacola Catholic in these other schools. Well, seven, eight region one, there are only seven teams, but it means you only get six region games. You got to feel four games. So it's not too many other games left because six, a is 19 region and five, a 19 region. So that's why Fairhope played the past two weeks teams out of Florida, but now they're coming back home. Now, if you want to say it, so, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't overlook Fairhope by any means. Tim Carter's doing a fantastic job over there with the Pirates. So uh, I don't I don't expect MGM to kind of handle Fairhope like they did Foley last week. I think it will be a little closer game. But that offense behind Jared Howland, man, that kid is something else. He South Alabama is is gonna be looking real nice when he lands on campus.
1: Al, here's something that I know Nick will kind of find interesting too. In the new 7A polls, for the first time ever. In the history of MGM, they're ranked ahead of Hoover High School. So Hoover is (laughs) in at number nine, MGM comes in at number four. Who would have ever thunk it? I know we see the transitioning in college football. We talk about dynasties being dead and the changing of the guard as far as NIL and portal. But man, oh man, the biggest and largest classification in the state has MGM surpassing Hoover.
4: It's It's their highest ranking ever in the program. The highest they ever achieved was they were ranked number five back in 1965 when it was 4A ball then. That was the highest classification. So for the Vikings and the folks out in Sim, I mean, this is monumental. This is huge. But as I said uh, uh, just a second ago, they were who we thought they were. I mean, this team is explosive offense and defense so they can take it away from you they can score it on you uh they are a team to be reckoned with so coach Tim Carter and the Pirates they're going to have their hands full tonight uh at Municipal Stadium with the Vikings coming to town but I mean as I said last week I always love going to see them They can be 0-10 they could be 0 on the 20 game losing streak they're still going to be packed they're still going to be excited, and you and I saw it firsthand. We were well into the second quarter. People were still coming to the ball game. It was like it was homecoming, but it wasn't even homecoming last week at MGM. So they're just that excited, and they support their Vikings out in Sims. I'm very, very proud of the fan base out there.
1: Week to week, you find those intriguing matchups. Sometimes it's in 7A, sometimes it's in 6A, and occasionally it is in 5A. I know UMS Wright at Gulf Shores, not many people giving UMS Wright and Terry Curtis a chance to knock off Gulf Shores, who had that huge win over Faith Academy. And then Faith Academy has to find a way to bounce back and travels to BC Rain. So some great 5A Region 1 matchups that are going to be fun to watch tonight.
4: It really is, and that Gulf Shores game is going to be quite interesting. I was down at Gulf Shores this week and had a chance to talk with offensive line coach Jason Hill, and they are pumped that they're ready. They are 0-7 against UMS Wright, and they feel this could be the year. They got them coming – Two Gulf Shores uh, at home. They're 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 riding a hot wave, a big win over Fifth Academy last week. But they are ready for the Bulldogs. He told me they are geared up, and they feel that this is the year that the Dolphins are gonna are gonna plow through and get that win over UMS. Right. <clears throat> I'm not saying uh, on the same level, but but I will say, Coach Terry Curtis, the winningest coach in the state of Alabama. It kind of kind of puts me almost in a mindset of Alabama, what Alabama's kind of going through. People say, oh, they're not the same Alabama. It's not the same UMS. Right? People are kind of nipping at Coach Saban's heel, and they're kind of nipping at Terry Curtis a little bit. So, you know, is this an off year? Is it a rebuild year for UMS, right? We're, we're going to find out. You know, they had that week one loss against St. Paul's in the Battle of Oshare Road. So, But tonight, the rubber's beating the road for the Bulldogs. They squeaked out a win against the floor last week. That was a head-scratcher for a lot of people. Is that an indication? You know, were they kind of like Viger over Citronelle? Were they looking ahead to this week? Uh, did they get caught in the trap game, possibly? So that's something that UMS Wright has to tackle, just like Viger has to tackle tonight, because they, they really had to work themselves out of the hole against Citronelle. And so a lot of people are saying... That could have been a trap game. They were looking forward to this week and and kind of looking past those wildcats. Will that be the case down the Gulf Shores? We'll find out. But I know the Dolphins, man, they are amped up and they are ready for UMS right tonight.
1: Tonight on WNSP, our game is Spanish Fort coming and taking on Saraland. You have Saraland getting on the road. We have someone in the app just said there was a massive caravan following Saraland team buses getting off in Spanish Fort. I know that we'll see the Toros here in a week or so, but I think that this is an opportunity for Sarah Land to continue to solidify its dominance, not only atop the polls in 6A, but from a national ranking standpoint also.
4: I mean, Sarah Land is a smooth, well-oiled machine that is just rolling down the track right now. You know, St. Paul's putting on UMS, right? that first week, and a lot of people said, yeah, hey, it's going to be a test for Sarah Land. Uh, the score was 47-3 last week over the Saints. Um, I'll I put it to you this way, uh, Cor. I know uh, that that's the counter game to what we're doing. Our buddies Dan Brennan and Jim Cox are going to have that game on UTV 44. But I will say we may have a few more eyeballs switching to us tonight because uh, I think Sarah Land is going to lay it on the, the Toros up at the hill. I mean, unless something magically happens this Sarah Land team it's almost like they are so good they could possibly beat the Sarah Land team from last year they they went out and got better i put it to you that way they, they they took the colorado model and threw it out the window and, and they got better it wasn't a rebuild they just got some better players and even just oh my goodness so you know could we give out two mister footballs i don't know but Sarah Land could possibly win two of them this year they they're that good so I think it may be a tough road to hold tonight for the Toros up on the hill.
1: Al, how can everyone tune in tonight to the MCPSS Television Network Game of the Week? Multiple platforms to where they can see two historic programs, Viger and Williamson, battling out at Lad People Stadium.
4: Uh, you can check us out on Channel 15 if you are an Xfinity customer. If you subscribe to Mediacom, you're yeah, out in Mobile County, that's Channel 81. If you have ATT Uverse, that is Channel 99. Also, if you have a Roku enabled TV or a Roku stick, just simply search MCPSS and add that to your favorites. You can watch the game that way. Or if you've cut the cord and threw the boxes out the window and said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, hey, you can check us out on social media, YouTube or Facebook. Just search MCPSS TV Network, and you can check us out. Starting at 6.50, it'll be myself, you, Coral Bounty. We'll come up for about 10 minutes, and then 7 o'clock. As you like to say, buddy, the toe will meet the leather, for another edition of the MCPSS High School Football Game of the Week.
1: Looking forward to it. See you in a little while at Lad People Stadium as the Viagra Wolves come to the home of the Williamson Lions, which is currently Lad People Stadium. Thanks, Al. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You guys want to make sure you stay tuned and locked in because what's coming up is your opportunity to pick seven games for an opportunity to win sec championship game tickets and what we're trying to do is we're battling the morning show we're battling pigskin pete we want the winner to come here from the final drive so we're going to give a caller an opportunity to make sure that they solidify that 7-0 and record Picking these games that we have that are college and NFL related. Six and one is currently the best record to beat. And if you're able to go to match six and one and or surpass and go seven and oh, the most recent person who goes six and one or seven and oh will have an opportunity to win those SEC championship game tickets. That will be Alabama and Georgia. So you'll get if a you chance to If you need someone to go, to go, go with you, Alabama, I'll go with you. <laughs> there you go. See, Nick, Nick's go ahead and he's already soliciting for an opportunity to join. So be making sure that you stay tuned in for that opportunity to win those SEC championship game tickets on our selection and our picks. The final drive will be right back here on WNSP 1055. <laughs>
3: Hi, this is Philip Rivers, football coach at St. Michael Catholic. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio.
1: Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labonte, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this football field Friday on WNSP. And we mentioned moments ago, you'll have an opportunity to call in to pick seven games for a chance to qualify for sec championship game tickets and it's the morning show versus of uh, course pigskin show and right. then you have the final drive 251-694-1055 right, you, you can go
2: ahead said they'd have the opportunity let's give them that opportunity hey, hey, let, right now right now First to get me on the phone the opportunity is right
1: number. now First caller to get Nick Wiggins at 251-694-1055. You will have the opportunity to pick seven games and an opportunity to qualify for the SEC championship game tickets. All you have to do is go 7-0 and hope that no one else goes 7-0 now and in between the end of the college football season when we give away those SEC championship game tickets. skin Pete. Kind enough to provide those to us here or the morning show or his show. And, Nick Wiggins, I know as soon as we said call in, the phones started buzzing.
2: They started lighting up, but the first one, the guy that was quickest on the trigger who probably had us on speed dial, I'm guessing, was John. So, John, congrats. You are the Final Drive's first contestant for the Pigskin Pick'em Prize Challenge. John, welcome to the
1: final drive. Yes, man. We we, we have seven games for you. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm
2: good, Corey. What's up?
1: Man, just thank you for tuning in and giving us a call here and
2: you here- already have a friend that you're gonna plan on taking to the SEC championship if you win.
1: That friend
2: better be my wife. (laughs) There Uh you go. You get happy wife, happy (laughs) life.
1: Look, that that eliminated Nick Wiggins' hopes real quick. But seven games will allow you to pick, and we'll start off here collegiately. South Alabama at Oklahoma State. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. All right. Syracuse at Purdue.
3: I'm going to take Syracuse.
1: He's going to go with the orange. Kansas State at Missouri. I'm going to take uh, Missouri. Going to go with the SEC there in Mizzou. Tennessee at Florida. Can the Volunteers defeat the Gators?
3: Absolutely. Tennessee all day.
1: He's gonna go with orange. Must be your favorite color, cause you've got Syracuse orange and you've got the big orange. Both. We'll and go Oklahoma now.
2: State, they're orange.
1: <laughs> we'll swap it up here to the NFL. Green Bay at Atlanta. I'll go Green Bay. Yeah, going against Nick I Wiggins Falcons. Go with you even if you invite. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> New Orleans at Carolina. Um, I'm gonna go New Orleans. New Orleans over Carolina, and the last game to pick, Cleveland at Pittsburgh.
3: Wow, that's a tough one. Um,
6: man, uh, I'll go with Cleveland.
1: All right, so you hear Nick when when he wanted to pick all of these games, seven games is what he had the opportunity. To choose, and you have Oklahoma State defeating South Alabama, you have Syracuse defeating Purdue, Missouri defeating Kansas State, Tennessee over Florida, Green Bay over Atlanta, New Orleans over the Panthers, and your last pick Cleveland and Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, that's right. I got some people texting me saying I should have taken uh, Kansas State, but we'll stay with
2: those. And you uh, went with Cleveland over he, Pittsburgh, right? I did.
1: Cleveland right. over Pittsburgh was your final pick. So we have you locked in. Now we need you to go 6-1 and one or 7-0 and oh here to go ahead and secure it. And the way this works is if you go 6-1, and one, and no one else has a better record than that. Now through the end, when Pigskin has his winner at the end of the high school football season, what will happen is you will have a chance now. Hopefully you'll go undefeated with your picks, but if you do go undefeated, you'll have a chance to pick up those two SEC championship game tickets, and we want you to win because you're representing the final drive, and we appreciate you for tuning in and giving us an opportunity here to send you to the SEC championship.
3: Thank you, Corey. Uh, this is John Blackwell, by the way. Good talking to you, bud. L- listen to you every afternoon.
1: Appreciate you, brother Blackwell. Have a good weekend, and I'm definitely going to be rooting for him without question, Nick. You, you, when you look at those picks, we'll go ahead and, and we'll match our picks with, with, with his picks, Nick. We'll go ahead and we'll look South Alabama at Oklahoma
2: State. That's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma uh, State is going to win that game. Um Okay. South Alabama, when you're struggling against a Division II opponent, I have to assume Oklahoma State's probably got your number, especially when you're having to go to Oklahoma.
1: All right. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, agree you, with you. Okay. I'm going to agree with you there. I thought you might have went with the hometown pick. No, I, I'm going to agree with you there.
2: Syracuse at Purdue, Nick. Who do you like, Syracuse at Purdue? I'm going to be honest. I don't really know much about either team, so I would go with the home team, Purdue. It's going to be a pick em, and I'm going to go with Purdue as well. Kansas. What, why did Pigskin pick that game.
1: It, it's one of those off-the-wall games. Yeah. It's one of those off-the-wall games to where, look, it, it might have been in honor of Lee Shervanian <laughs> being may, a Syracuse honestly, guy. We'll say it's in honor of Lee Shervanian. Kansas State at Missouri. I'm going Kansas
2: State. It's got to be Kansas State. They're – they're supposedly really good, and I don't think Missouri's all that special.
1: All right, so so we, we agree they those. They are ten- at
2: home. They are at home. Tennessee at Florida, Nick. Who do you like? Tennessee at Florida. I like Tennessee. I was not impressed by Florida in their game against Utah. Now, maybe Utah's just really good. I don't know, but Florida did not do anything that impressed me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the volunteers there. Green Bay at
2: Atlanta? I know that's a silly question for me this to ask. Easy. Atlanta has an elite defense. Jordan Love cooked up a crappy Chicago Bears team that the Packers have been dominating for years. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the love, Nick? I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones isn't even playing. Atlanta is basically fully healthy and ready to rock. All we do is run the ball. We don't make mistakes. We're going to run it down their throat. And we might come out of there winning 21 to 13.
1: All right, so you definitely are going Dirty Birds who there.
2: You, who are you vibing with there? I'm gonna you go Green love to Jordan love. Bay. That's why I figured.
1: I'm, I'm gonna show a lot of love for Love having an opportunity to to welcome himself to the NFL. New Orleans at Carolina.
2: That's New Orleans easily. Yeah. Carolina is one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. And Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Can the Steelers
1: get the mud? and the pie are out of their face one week later, or does Watson continue to run supreme?
2: I think that the Steelers are facing just about as good of a defense as they did last year, I mean last week, against Cleveland. We saw what they did to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You don't think they can do that to Kenny Pickett? I mean, come on, let's be serious. And let's not forget, it is Deshaun Watson. There's a reason they paid him all that money. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the NFL, if Cleveland can win this thing in a very convincing manner, the Browns might be legit.
1: Tomlin bounces back. Steelers, the Steel Curtain, they redeem themselves in week number two. That's why you ha- don't have to panic after week one of action for sure. And every single Friday, you want to make sure that you tune in and listen to the final drive. Of course, stay up to the postgame show prior to the, our high school football and, game of the week.
2: And I think that, if I remember correctly, whatever show has the winner, normally Pigskin gives us a little prize. I mean, he gets us lunch or something. So hey, hey, listen. I'm in it for that. Come we're, on, John.
1: Yeah, we're definitely pulling for John without question. Every single week, you'll have a chance to pick those seven games here by tuning in to the opening kickoff, the final drive, and, of course, our high school wrap-up show, Brought to you by Green and Phillips. Don't want to miss the opportunity to qualify for those SEC Championship game tickets. The final drive, Corey LeBounty and Nick Wiggins will be right back.
0: This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM.
1: Welcome back to the Final Drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Bounty along with Nick Wiggins. It's a fantastic Friday football afternoon edition of the Final Drive. And I know that when you look at everything that's going on from a high school football standpoint, from a college and the NFL standpoint, it's always when August rolls around, you know it's the, the best time of the year. In regards to like Jake Crane spoke on, it doesn't matter who the matchup is, what the matchup is. It's always great to go ahead and get started, and that's exactly what's happening. And unfortunately, the AHSAA and Tuscaloosa County had to forfeit a game against Bessemer City. And why do they have to forfeit against Bessemer City, Tuscaloosa County? Adam Weingarten, uh, a name that's very familiar to those here locally. Well, the players accepted gift cards to Buffalo Wild Wings, Mm -hmm. and we've mentioned about the state of Alabama's name, image, and likeness or amateurism ruling here in the state, not being able to profit, not being able to accept any gifts And that's what they did. They accepted a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card, did not use it, but an opposing team turned them in. It was verified. And and that was the team that they beat? And now, no, it was not. It was one of their other rivals. Okay. One of their other rival teams turned them in, and they had to forfeit against Bessemer City. Now, again, the AHSAA – the governing body, it's not a governing body. It is a set that enforces the rules that are set forward by athletic directors, coaches, and principals in the state of Alabama. And it it can't be. We've seen it happen with a young lady representing Team USA. She went ahead and took money to play for Team USA, even though it was a small amount, mm-hmm. offered to pay it back deemed ineligible
2: we've seen so th- how much was this buffalo wild wings gift card worth is there a limit to the value or is it just that it could have been like for a free appetizer
1: it, it was a value it was it was of value so I- if you're looking a value you can go ahead and purchase a plaque you can go ahead and purchase a medal
2: for an athlete of the week award what if what if we and i know you may not have all the answers i'm just sure spitballing what if we had a wnsp player of the week congrats you got a t-shirt t-shirt that's that it has value because it cost money to create it it's
1: the same thing it costs money to create that plaque too right right so a value monetary value so if we give you a shirt it's not the same thing as saying i'm going to give you a $50 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card.
2: I guess because you could trade out a $50 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card for $50 if someone was going to Buffalo Wild Wings. So,
1: I, I, you know, knowing what the rules are, it's just one of those refresher courses. You can't point fingers at the AHSAA and say they did wrong. This organization is horrible. They don't
2: make the rules. Do you think if there has to be a bad guy in this story, it's the rival team who tattled yes, on? Yes, before absolutely Wildlands? it is, absolutely it is. Yeah, I a- thought it was the, would have been the team that they lost to, and then it would have been like that game didn't count, and they would have been fine or something. But when you're able,
1: and Fedusi says an award is different than having something that has value you can exchange for goods. So you know, can you exchange the T-shirt for goods? A WNSP dry
2: fit? No, I, I, I well, think look, there's some. There's probably at least ten different player of the weeks that are sponsored by companies just here in Mobile County. Sure. Are they just getting plaques? Yes, that's absolutely. It. That, that's that's what not you're doing. Even
1: else? even at Bryant Bank, you see the money go to the school, right? To the okay. program. Okay, so that's not different to the than player. player.
2: Okay, so I see. So donate gotcha. money to the program. All right. Now, what if what if what if they said, "Hey, here's a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Take the team out, school staff, and get everyone some wings from Buffalo Wild Wings on us." Is that different? I would say, absolutely, that would be illegal. Oh, that would be illegal. I would say that would be illegal to do. What if Buff? I don't see the difference in the br- in the other one if they said, hey, school, here's money. Hi, I'm Mr. Buffalo Wild Wing. Here's a certificate. On behalf of the school, come on out and eat with us. What What is the reason for it? Because one player on that team, in the same way that Bryant Bank gives the money to the school, then this one would be, hey, player. Because you played so good for this team, we're going to give the whole team and your school and your athletic department something. Those would be benefits that the regular
1: student would not have, correct, in in their mind? If they're not on the football team. Correct.
2: So – the, I that the, th- 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 there's, your, there's your fine line there. Now, do you think that eventually they're going to open Pandora's box and say, oh, you know what, a gift card's fine, and then all of a sudden it, it obviously will snowball and snowball and get way bigger, but do you think that happens soon based off of this story? No, because, again, the ultimate
1: story that I saw was when you represent your country, when you represent your country, right, the United States of America, the red, white, and blue, and you're a high school student athlete representing your country, those amateurism rules that were not followed, she ultimately, Maury Davenport, had to suffer for that. Charles Henderson had to suffer from that. And it was up to those who felt it was so egregious in regards to making the rules other high schools to fix that wrong, to make a proposal to the central board, and the central board will look at those proposals and take that vote on. Hey, look, yes, we do need to update rules. So there's always circumstances that really change the game, change the narrative. Um, but but it definitely makes those who do who do give awards or plaques. It, it does state that careful. that's yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to go ahead and give that plaque. And, and it is it is unfortunate that you're talking about Tuscaloosa County forfeiting, forfeiting a game that they won against Bessemer City, but it is what the AHSAA rules do state. So I know I've had people to text me and call me and say, look, I can't believe the state has done this again. No, it's not Alvin Briggs who has decided that, no, we're just going to make them forfeit this game. It wasn't Steve Savaries who said, no, we just want to make this kid ineligible. What they're doing is enforcing the bylaws that have been given by coaches, athletic directors, and principals. And if you don't like those, every single
2: year you have a chance to turn in proposals to change the rules. When does NIL come to Alabama, Corey? Three years?
1: I, I do say it's probably going to come within the next five. I, I mean, don't it, I don't it, think it's I in would, with the next three.
2: It, I, I think there would have to be something that would push the issue, and that would be potentially great Alabama players leaving the state for that reason. LeBaron Phylon, he left for that reason. But you still have some of your other really elite high school players, your— uh, Sterling Dixons, who we spoke to this morning on the opening kickoff, your Ryan Williams, your – you know, you know all the n- big names. Yeah, sure. They're still here playing. But eventually, if you can start to get a little money somewhere else, why wouldn't you go? It, it's going to change and evolve just like what you see in
1: college football. We knew eventually would trickle down to high school. And it's eventually going to trickle down to all 50 states. Because what's going to be good for the goose is going to be good for the gander. And those proposals will continue to be made that are in the best interest, whether they're approved or disapproved, I guarantee the proposals are still going to be made. And someone in the app says, how about we do away with all these silly player of the week awards. They're uh, done to bring publicity to the organizations, giving them not the people
2: receiving them. I beg to differ on that. So it definitely is done to bring publicity to the organization, because why else would the organization be a part of it? But it is definitely also to... Bring publicity to that player to say, "Hey, you did awesome last week. You are the yes. player of the week." How do you think that player feels when all of a something. sudden class stops, everyone comes in? Life hey, changing. That's what Life I'm saying. That's changing, a big Nick. moment.
1: Every single week, I present the Crichton Optimus Club right. Player of the Week every single Wednesday at noon. And I've seen players, I've seen parents absolutely cry. Sure. I've seen kids come back 15 years later and they say, "You remember when I did win?" Or I remember when I did win 60 years ago. We have some members that are 80 years old who Crichton Optimist Club has been giving out this award for over 60 years. That's right. And they were one of the winners
2: as well coming along. So it and you means never something. Know, You never know when your football career is going to end. You never know. Everyone's mountain has a different height. You never know when you're at the peak of it. I mean look, we all have memories of being in high school. Imagine if one of your memories was thinking back to, hey, I remember when I won player of the week and you you, you get the picture that you stop school, all your teammates are congratulating you, they put your stats up and lights and what you did to bring a win. So it it's a it's honestly the best one of the better ways that companies can get publicity, right? Because they are doing something that highlights and gives these young student athletes a platform love it love
1: all of them because it gives you something to go ahead whether you further your football career or your basketball career or your soccer or volleyball career it gives you an opportunity to go back and when you become a mother or a father and you can say look Right. This when is what I achieved. When you're
2: cleaning out the garage yes, and your son's like, Dad, what is this? There you go. I, like, oh. I guess you really were When you dust off player. those old uh, $50 <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> gift cards that you never used. Dad, what's <laughs> this? Oh, son, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we don't want to touch on. <laughs> I don't know if those way. are still valid. We, uh, it was, yeah, let, what's the expiration
1: <laughs> on that? If you're it right. doesn't have one, maybe we can go cash in and get some wings <laughs> this weekend. But, no, I, I know that these awards do mean – a lot to these young men and young women and they're very deserving to be honored amongst their peers just like there's academic achievement awards there are athletic achievement awards that we love to present as well the final drive on wnsp 105.5 Corey bounty and nick wiggins we'll be right back
5: Hey, this is Coach
1: Tommy Tuberville, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Welcome back to the Final Drive. Corey LaBounty along with Nick Wiggins, football field fantastic Friday edition of the Final Drive. Can say that for the next 18 to 20 weeks for sure because you look at high school, it'll be going on the next 13 weeks until we crown that state champion and someone picks up that blue map. Plenty of opportunities to follow all our local Mobile and Baldwin County schools here on the
2: Sound of Mobile app. Want to make sure that you download that. that It's free. I see Scott Todd has got his official account set up and ready to rock. He's going to be also at LADD. Uh, so maybe you'll bump into him while you're there.
1: Absolutely. We'll see Scott Todd down there on the field at LADD People Stadium and expect to see a good one there for sure. So make sure you tune in to MCPSS television, or if you're here listening to WNSP's broadcast with Michael Bronner and Brian Gennard of Spanish Ford hosting Sarah Land, you'll have a chance to get those Scott Todd Updates, but again, download that free sound of mobile app and you'll be able to chime in and give us the score updates to where you are and to also listen to the broadcast live. You can listen to us
2: live on the app, any show on WNSP, in you this, can listen live. In this next hour, can we get a little into that Philadelphia Minnesota game? There was a little controversy with that fumble out of the back of the end zone. Or the side of the end zone and why it was touchback. a touchback and not yeah. a touchdown. There was a little bit of uh, controversy online with that.
1: Yeah, not only online with that, Alabama decides to name a new quarterback That's today. Right. A new starting quarterback at that. We'll continue to discuss those Big topics hour. in the second hour.
2: No, second the, hour,
1: third or hour, or hour, right? Look, the second hour, the second hour is already gone. <laughs> the second hour is already gone. It's time for the third hour. The final drive will be right back.
0: The Sound of Mobile presents for the Wing, the final drive. No, they didn't. Oh my gracious. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the Wing! Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable! Welcome to hour number
1: three of the final drive. Corey the Bounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this fantastic football field Friday. And I know that this weekend there will be a plethora of, of football being played. And I, I love the fact that when you can get those pick skins, on friday and saturday and sunday and monday and then you you go back and look at thursday's action as well a little nfl and high yeah. school action last night st paul's defeating murphy to get us started on a high school slate
2: yeah nfl I w-
1: slate I w- that the eagles win
2: yeah i wanted to get into that um first off Kirk Cousins might be going through a Matt Ryan-esque year. He's on pace to throw for way over 5,000 yards and like <laughs> 60 <laughs> touchdowns, but he's also on pace to go 0-17. <laughs> but look, they tried to come back. It wasn't enough. I think there was some kind of s- glaring holes in the Eagles' offense. I think Jalen Hurts, I know we both agreed on him being MVP. I'm, I'm rescinding that. It's not going to happen. He looks slow. It, it looks like he has issues running the ball. I don't know what's going on there, but I think one of the big I- – well, there was two issues. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts got in a big argument on the sideline. Uh, the head coach had to come in, break it up. People are assuming A.J. Brown was upset that he's not getting enough targets and that it seems like Hurts is favoring Devontae Smith. The other controversial thing is when the score was 10-7 to – and the Vikings are driving down the field. Justin Jefferson catches the ball. He leaps for the end zone. The ball comes out. It doesn't cross the plane in his possession. It goes out the side of the end zone. Instead of it being touchdown, instead of it being maybe an inch closer and it going out at the one, it's a touchback. The Eagles come down. They get a 61-yard field goal to end the half, and that might have been what really you know, gave them the edge and put them over. So, Corey, out of those two options of potential controversies, what would you like to dive into? Well, I I know
1: that the touchback rule is evident. If The ball doesn't cross the plane. You like that rule?
2: Yes. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, a lot of people were saying the ball goes out anywhere else on the field. It's yours. You retain the possession. It's fine. But all of a sudden, in that spot, completely flips and goes to the other team. Score it. Secure it. Okay. Score it and secure look, it. You don't I, have that problem. Look, I agree because I saw some player on Twitter said, if that wasn't a rule, people could just get the ball at the five-yard line and bowl <laughs> bowl it in, basically, because it would be a live fumble and they could just roll the football past the line of scrimmage and it would be a touchdown if the rule wasn't how it is. So I agree. I do like the rule, but it was – I saw a lot of talking heads saying that they did not like that rule. I I don't
1: have a problem with the rule, and I don't have a problem with Jalen Hurts being 18 of 23, 193 yards, one touchdown, and also him being able to rush for two and being one of Philadelphia's added weapons. Of course, he did carry it 12 times, but that's okay too. And from a target standpoint, Devontae Smith, four receptions for 131 yards. Quick math says, you know, that's over 30 yards per pop. And he was only targeted five times, had four receptions. A.J. Brown has nothing to be upset about. They're winning, targeted six times. He makes four catches. Now, he may not get into the end zone, but Smitty and Jalen, you can't take anything away from that bang-bang. And Swift, Had a lot to say about that last night, too, as to where you can't get targeted if you have a running back who's rushing for 175 yards and has
2: a long run of 43. That's going to take away from your touches also. See, we need more wide receivers in the NFL with that Drake London energy. He finished with zero catches, zero yards, and they asked him after the game how he felt about not getting the targets, not getting touches for being a top 10 draft pick. He said, we got the win, didn't we? Yes. That's the energy. That that has
1: to be the mentality. And it does make you wonder when you take a look at inside the NFL as to what the disagreement is with the microphones that are available for NFL films, what is the disagreement between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts? What is the disconnect, if there's any at all?
2: I I, I just don't know if there is any. It's so early. Players getting to – The greatest duos of all time in all sports have gotten into the biggest arguments that you can imagine. It's just two players that are competitive and want to play their best and also contribute in the way that they know that they can contribute to their team succeeding. Just kind of clashing heads a little bit. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
1: Nick, were you aware that in the NFL, of course, we do have that doubleheader on this coming Monday night? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know we have a doubleheader next Monday night
2: as well? I didn't. What's we up with that? Why are we doing these two Monday nights? Do they I not know we have meetings on Tuesday morning? I have
1: never <laughs> seen the NFL go to consecutive weeks of a Monday night well, doubleheader. Normally they do it the first Monday yes, night. They did only one game. Off. So now you next week we'll see Philly uh-huh. taking on Tampa Bay. And uh-huh. we'll see the Rams and the Bengals. So, two good matchups, uh, but this are week they? good matchups. I mean, this week New Orleans and Carolina, not necessarily guaranteed to be a great matchup, but you do have Cleveland and Pittsburgh, so I think, I think that's think a good one. That that one is definitely Monday Night Football wise, but back-to-back weeks, double headers for the NFL, which I have never seen. If you're in the app or you can call us and let us know another time the NFL has gone outside of the first week. To kick off the season on a Monday night has gone to a doubleheader unless it happens to fall on Christmas or something funky to where you see football all day long. Let me know; yeah. I, I would be interested. But to my knowledge, I cannot recall watching consecutive doubleheaders of Monday and night look, football. We got,
2: we got to open twenty minutes here too. It's very rare that this segment we have right now is open. So look you want to call in and give us your WTF Friday take where we're like, what? Are you crazy? It's not Hot Take Tuesday, right? But if you want to, you know, your predictions. What did St. David say earlier? His lock? His oh, lock. The, the Saints will not allow a touchdown uh, against Carolina. On Monday night. So Saint David says he's a strong lock to wear. That's tough. I mean, I don't. I don't think Carolina's gonna win or score a lot, but man, to but not allow a touchdown. What for 60 I did hear Saint David do, Nick was the same way I heard
1: a caller say, look, Nick, I'll give you keys to my house, the Airbnb, the
2: mortgage, I'll give you my vehicles. I need more people to call in gambling like that. Uh, Hey, I didn't hear him make that that I didn't give up a pie or something.
1: He definitely, there was definitely a sense of relief on Monday night after that Achilles goes down and the Jets. Yeah. Y- not to say that their chances were done.
2: Now do you think I'll, about Aaron Rodgers saying he's uh quoting Kevin Garnett, anything is possible and that he might try to come back by the end of the year. Anything is possible. And I know Aaron Rodgers
1: is one that's gonna be forty years old when he does come back to battle back from that. Achilles but Antonio Gates one of our local coaches here along the Gulf Coast Philip Rivers Philip Rivers at St. Michaels y- you can't keep his name out of the NFL former players current players mouths when there is an injury you heard Philip Rivers be told uh, you know look if San Francisco makes it to the Super Bowl we're going to we're going to sign Philip Rivers to join us in the Super Bowl you hear Antonio Gates he was asked by TMZ, hey, um, who should replace? He said first person. He said Philip Rivers.
2: Well, no duh. <laughs> of but, course he would say that.
1: I mean, but the reason he gave it. It's not just because that's where he received all his accolades and who he received the pass. It's because of the mental sharpness. He said the way Phillip Rivers goes about preparing for the game is what would allow him, not necessarily
2: physically, but the mental aspect. I saw rumors they were trying to get Andrew Luck to come out of his cave or whatever. But, hey, we got a caller. I think he wants to step up to the plate and give us a hot take. What's up, man? I think my hot
3: take
4: is... That the Cowboys win a division, and, and the Eagles just kind of have like, off year this year, man. I, I just don't see it this year with the Eagles.
2: Wow. I'm with you, man. They look it's not a They look like something's wrong. Yes, it just
4: it like hurts after overthinking or something. I don't, I don't know what it is, man.
2: Are, are you a Cowboys
1: fan? No, I'm
4: actually a Niners fan, okay. but I'm just my my take on the game last night.
2: Love it, love, yeah. love the take. Hey, Thank I like you those Cowboys, call. man. I got them winning the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? The oh, n- your Niners are oh looking good goodness. too, though. That's they they might do. be
4: this in the regular season, but we we gonna we gonna get them
2: in the playoffs. Okay, is this the, is this the Niners' year? Yeah, this
1: is the Niners' year,
2: man. Oh yeah. man, Brock Purdy, CMC. Oh Christian yeah, McCaffrey Purdy getting it Brock done. Purdy.
1: Purdy getting it done along with Bosa. He he got his bag. We'll see if he produces, and and that's a, that's a nice hot take. To ha- yeah, that's, have a we- that's a good one.
2: That's an unpopular opinion, but I do like Dallas, man. Good, good call. Good, oh, yeah. uh, good hot take, man. We appreciate, we appreciate you. Time, man.
1: Thank you for calling in to the final drive. That's a good
2: one. I know you don't agree with nope, that.
1: Nope. I like
2: the Eagles continuing to fly high. But I don't see the Eagles having a do- dominant win, man. Well, they're gonna. It's going to be a close game against Tampa Bay when you were talking about that Monday night game that's coming up. That's not going to be an easy game for Philadelphia. Here, here's the question I have for you. Travis Kelsey returns because, again, I have the Chiefs and the Eagles.
1: Kelsey returns this week for the Chiefs, which I really wish he would, you know, take a a couple more weeks off. No, he's good. He's dancing and stuff. Will Kadarius Toney, we talked about him on Monday night. Over under
2: two catches. Two catches for Kadarius Toney. Over under one and a half. I think I think KT bounces back. You think they give him the reps and stuff? Because I saw that he Absolutely, was saying something gonna get on Instagram or something. Yeah, he's, he's going to get
1: the reps. He's going to get the reps, what it was, and he's going to have to redeem himself. And
2: I think he will redeem himself. It's a long season. I mean, you 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 do not make it to playing wide receiver in the NFL if you can't catch those passes. Kadarius Tony knows that he's he can catch those balls. Patrick Mahomes knows. He was probably – As dumbfounded as could, they both are probably just looking at each other like, what the heck is going on? I don't know why this isn't working right now. There's no way you can get to that level and for some reason you just can't catch a ball. He is going to bounce back. I just am maybe a little curious at if the opportunities are going to be there right away or if Patrick Mahomes starts really favoring Kelsey and other people until – he can really establish that. Trust oh, I would favor Kelsey.
1: <laughs> I know I would. Sure, Kelsey would be my my first read, my first progression on everything, without question. I gotta get I'm a run game Kelsey. going. That's that's the question mark. Etienne is Elair. Excuse me, Elair is I, the runner from LSU that has to find a way
2: to to get his game going. Well, they're mainly it's seeming like they're running with Pacheco and. I like Hilaire. To What's me, he is that name. bruising oh back. Oh, my gosh. Hilaire
1: gets it done. And, and you look at, at the Chiefs playing Jacksonville. So if, if the Chiefs have an opportunity here to make some noise, it, it is going to be with their running back. Their running back's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You have Jarek McKinnon.
2: You have Pacheco. That's who I was thinking. Yes. Pacheco. And
1: then you have uh, Prince. So I I, I know that. You you see, if you're the Chiefs, you you definitely want to get Kelsey back into the groove, just like they tried to get Kadarius back into the groove. So, how many targets do you think Kelsey's going to receive against the Jaguars? How many targets? Ten. Ten targets. Yep. I think that's a high number. Nine, ten. I, it's gonna be. I, I would there. say he's going to get a minimum
2: of 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 seven targets. Seven yeah, targets. I agree with that. They're going to they're force feed him, man. He's going to have a touchdown. He's going to have at least 80 yards. Got a user in the app. He's saying Clyde doesn't ever get the ball. It really mainly is Pacheco and McKinnon, at least what we've seen so far. Man, I like Elaire man. And then we got him saying he's a Tampa Bay fan, and he knows that Philly's going to beat them. Baker is really not a good quarterback, and Philly will take its frustrations out on Tampa. Now, look, I'll say y'all did beat Minnesota. You held Minnesota to 17 points. This is, you know, Kirk Cousins, 350 yards. This is Justin Jefferson. This is the uh, highest-paid tight end. I think Tampa Bay is low-key okay. They're going to win six or seven games, and the Eagles are struggling. I think they can sneak one in on them. But All that's right, just you, me. Say temp, you say Tampa Bay is
1: okay. They're facing the Chicago Bears, Nick, and the Chicago Bears get embarrassed by the Green Bay Packers. So is it actually going to be – a 2 and 0 start for baker mayfield and the bucks are they going to be able to defeat chicago
2: chicago's coming yo, down tampa to play bay, in tampa bay tampa bay might that might be you said that's next monday right the philadelphia that is
1: that is this monday chicago oh, excuse me this week this okay. sunday chicago so then, and tampa
2: bay yo next monday and then next week philly next is coming next monday it yes. might be the battle of two undefeated teams wow. in tampa bay and philadelphia but we got another caller on the line caller what's going on man
3: Hey, uh, long-time fan, uh, Corey and Nick, I got a question for y'all. Do y'all think the Patriots can take this division? Because I think it's wide open. Ooh. I think my Pat's got the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to go 21-10 Monday night.
2: 21-10? 10 against the Miami Dolphins where two, uh, Tua just threw 400 400-something yards. Tyreek Hill, 200 yards. The great, One of the greatest offensive minds. You think the Patriots are going to hold them to 10 points?
3: Absolutely, you got Bill B on the other sideline. You can never oh, count him out.
1: Man. I definitely, I, I don't, wow.
2: I don't take him for That's granted. Bold. But I,
1: I would, na- I would say this: this game is on NBC Peacock. It's the Sunday night game of the week. I'm gonna come in strutting like a peacock sure. on Monday because the Dolphins are going to take this game. The Dolphins are going to take the division, but it is, before Rodgers goes down, it is, to me, probably the most
2: intriguing division. Caller, I would give the Jets a better opportunity to win that division than the Patriots.
3: I mean, you can't deny Mac looked sharp in that one game. Besides that pick, he looked sharp all game. Yeah, Yeah, they they showed no quit.
2: Was that the Patriots being good, or was that the Eagles maybe not having a good passing defense. We just saw Kirk Cousins go basically a perfect QBR, 350 yards, four touchdowns, no picks against him.
3: Well, I mean, you always got that. It is only week two, but That's right. I think everyone likes count Kirk out, and I've always been a Kirk fan. I think he gets too much hate, and I plus agree. with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, I think that offense is pretty loaded once you get down to looking at it. And so, I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see.
0: If, if,
2: I'll tell you this, man. What, what's your name? Will. Will, If the Patriots hold the Dolphins <laughs> to 10 points, please call back Monday and we, I will play some music for you. I'll let you give the victory lap and you can <laughs> rub it all in Corey's face because he's a Dolphins <laughs> fan. But that that is going to be a tough, tough task, even for Mr. Cutoff Sweatshirt Bill Belichick. Uh, yes,
1: sir. All right. Will, man. thanks for the call and thanks for tuning in. And, and I know Coach TC. Coach TC says, "Look, Kadarius Tony's going to blow up, but even more so, you have someone's birthday that is going to be this Sunday. Sunday is Mahomes' birthday. So if you have Mahomes' birthday this Sunday, and you add oh, that it's to the his
2: fact, birthday, <laughs>
1: yeah. wow, Coach TC, I love you, brother. Thanks for tuning in, man. I know that the Chiefs are going to wow. find a way with Kelsey coming back." You got
2: Kelsey and Tony on the same page, Jackson and people are like, is "Man, good man."
7: But
1: again, Trevor
2: Lawrence is good. Trev, uh, Travis Etienne is good. Calvin Ridley is amazing. He's just spent all that time being suspended, getting, getting tuned up and ready to rock. They're good, and we got a caller. We've been talking NFL, but our caller wants to get in on a topic from a while back. He wants to get on in on some Nick Saban. Yeah, go right ahead, caller. Wel- welcome to the Final Drive.
5: I right. appreciate appreciate you guys, man. I enjoy listening to you. You're right on, Nick, with that Calvin Ridley. I always knew as soon as he came back, he'd blow up. I can't believe Atlanta got rid of him. Well, but, we're uh, we're going to
2: get a second-round so pick for it, so always, it's all, all good. Yeah, that's all right. But uh,
5: for Nick Saban's replacement, now he already came out and said that the retirement talks are all fake and all right. that stuff. But I want Dion. I want Neon Dion in Tuscaloosa. You and every other. It'll be a 180 degree turn from saving. But we're gonna we're gonna keep winning, or we're gonna get the best recruits in the country you every year. And,
2: you and every other person, man. Well, let's say you can't get Dion. Who do you think would be like the next best thing that could maybe bring some Dion energy if he's not available?
5: Well, I don't want to. I don't want to upset Bronner, so I won't say Dabo. Dabo has no reason (laughs) to leave Clemson because he's a hero over there. And if he comes over here, he's just going to be a goat, you know. Stay, stay, Dabo. Stay. He's smarter than that. Uh, You know, I think you got to get. I think you got to get somebody that's adapted to the game today. Where it's, I mean, it is. It's hype. It's NIL. It's get get your name out there. You know, get billboards up and commercials out there. And you know what I mean, like the old Miami of the '80s.
2: Hey, yeah. you know Michael Irvin. He's been out there in a lot of those Colorado huddles and helping out on the sidelines. You think he could oh, yeah. uh, pull it off?
5: I don't. I don't know about Michael Irvin. I don't know what what he's coached in the past. Uh, yeah. Dion's got a, a track record. You know, y'all talked about it earlier. How people throw out the the Jackson State records, just as it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. Didn't matter. But, I mean, he's got a track record. He can coach, yeah. you know. He he's, knows football. Yeah, I mean, he he's does. one of the greatest players of all time. And,
1: and, and it is equated to – it's very rare that you see one of the greatest players of all time turn around That's and have right. the opportunity to be one of the greatest coaches.
2: I saw a story say, does Deion Sanders have the greatest football life of all time? If he wins a national finish.
1: championship in Colorado, hell yeah. If he wins a uh, national
5: uh, championship – Leroy Jordan's close. I mean, he's got every award you could ever be awarded for a defensive guy in college and in pros.
2: But what about that post-playing career? Was he ever a coach? Oh, uh, yeah. I
5: don't know that Leroy ever coached. He was just probably one of the most decorated guys. Well, you look at Barry Jones. You know, he was the most decorated offensive lineman probably over John Hanna and uh, Dwight Stevenson. Well, well, let me ask
1: you this. Are you an Alabama fan?
5: How'd you get that idea?
1: Yeah, okay, there <laughs> we go. So we're on the same page because I'm, I'm – all right, let me ask you this. Did you think that Nick Saban was going to
5: bench Milrow? I did not at I did all. Not. Okay. I was very surprised that by that. That makes two
1: of us. That makes two of us. I understand
5: that you want limit to the, limit the mistakes and just try and get a game manager in there instead of an explosive kind of playmaker like Milrow can be sometimes. But – uh. You know, I don't know if it's going to be just for this game or if it's going to carry over to Ole Miss. We'll okay. just have to see how he we plays. We're, we're in the same hemisphere. We're in the same
1: hemisphere right here. We're, we're, we're feeling one another in this regard. To where I was shocked. <laughs> I, I really thought that he was going to – Buckner was going to come in in the second, third, and fourth quarter. He was going to have a whale of a game, and therefore Nick Saban was going to start him versus Ole Miss. Now, I will say this, now that – you have Buckner as the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Is there going to be a redemption story for Milrow? Because I think Milrow is going to yeah, come back not, around. No, there will be, be a redemption story
2: when Milrow suiting up for no. Baylor next
0: year. Uh,
5: is Milrow going to be back right. QB one? The, with the portal, that's exactly right. There might be a redemption story for him, but I don't know that it'll be at Alabama. In the old days, he might have had an Alabama redemption story, but nowadays. He can go wherever in the country. I mean, he's gonna have people calling him. He's already got people calling him right now. I guarantee you. right. And look,
2: once you start getting beats, nil deals, they're not giving those to backup quarterbacks. He's done got the taste of it. He could go start at any other legitimate program, and he'll be really able to make a name for himself. If they have a running-oriented offense, he can really shine and look like a star. It's just not a fit here, and. Buckner's in and, and I think that I think that was the final straw. You know, he's got all the people in his ear and they're all probably saying the same thing.
1: Well, well I, we can't thank you enough yeah. for tuning in for the final drive. And, and li- listen to this. Do you feel that Alabama will lose more than 2 SEC games? <laughs>
5: Is, are we counting the championship game? Yes, sir. Any <laughs> hey,
1: of yeah. any, any two. It doesn't matter, SEC championship, be regular season, however you want to look no, at it. No, I, don't think
5: they'll lo- I don't think they'll lose more than two. Okay. They might lose two and be a three-loss team this year, which the last time that happened, what, was uh 2010? With the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Julio Jones, and you know when we beat up Kirk Cousins and... In the Capital One Michigan
1: Bowl. State, that's right. Absolutely punished those Spartans. And uh, we can't thank you <laughs> enough for tuning in Appreciate to the final it, drive. And, and give us a call back anytime to to voice your opinion, not only on the Crimson Tide, but anything that we're talking about here on the final drive as well. Thank you so much.
5: All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys.
1: Again, a a, a very solid week.
2: Look at at that call to action. I said, A, we never have time, barely, and we filled that whole thing up, listening to all of our uh, listeners and what they had to say. And, look, you had some bold takes. You had some more down-to-earth takes, I would say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I know this much. Coming up, you'll have a little
2: gambling special, a little put your money where your mouth is type of deal coming up. Trying to make some money with me. Look, hey, last week, this guy said his favorite bet was over yards on the Nebraska running back, and he hit it. Well, we'll see if he'll be able to hit it.
1: Pigskin Pete will be hitting it right after us here on WNSP, our game of the week, Sarah Landon Spanish Ford, and we'll follow that up with another two or three hours of postgame. We'll be right back here on the Final Drive.
3: This is Richie Riley, the head men's basketball coach of South Alabama. There's nothing better than listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5
2: FM. Welcome back to the Final Drive. And man, it's been a pretty great show. Obviously, I have a biased opinion, but I don't know. I think it's been pretty good. You know, it was also pretty good last night after that Eagles-Vikings game. Uh, You know, it was on Prime Video. There's a new documentary on Amazon Prime, the Kelsey documentary. Great documentary. Right around, I think, 90 minutes, so not too long. And it goes from the beginning of that Eagles season all the way to right after the Super Bowl. And it was interesting because that documentary, it started out as a documentary that was supposed to just highlight a player that's about to retire and a player in that phase of his career playing his last season. That's what that documentary was supposed to be and how the wear and tear on your body, what it's like with your family and your kids and the how the role can be so difficult when you're trying to be the best you can. At your position, like Jason Kelsey is at center, well, then the documentary kind of transforms because obviously we all know now, but then we have the Kelsey Bowl, so it becomes this documentary that was one thing, and then by the end of it, it's just transformed to this whole different thing, and we all know now that Jason Kelsey is obviously playing for the Eagles this year, starting at center, so it's a very interesting journey to see how this documentary starts week one this is my l- going to be my last season, probably. To now, it was really interesting. I would definitely uh, recommend watching it if you got the time. Obviously, we'll all be watching real football, but look, it's even something. Look, I had my fiance watching it with me, and she liked it. You know, they highlight his wife a little bit. You got the family dynamics. It's it's more than just a football documentary, people. It's really good and. You know, seeing the relationship with the parents who now, you know, Mama Kelsey is uber popular on the NFL commercials and stuff. But I thought it was good. I would definitely recommend it. I also watched uh, that Adam Sandler Chris Rock movie where their kids are getting married. That one I would not recommend. But, hey, you know who I would recommend? The Sports Profit. He's got the best gambling advice that you can find on this station. So we're going to hear from him next. I'll see you in a couple minutes. This is The Final Drive.
5: Hey, this is former Mobile TV sportscaster Eric Clemens, And when I'm in town, I listen to 105.5 FM Sports Radio, WNSP.
2: Welcome back to The Final Drive. And guys, as we have done every Friday since football season has started, I've been trying to beef up your pockets. Last week, hey, it worked for me. I don't know if y'all were tailing or not, but we're about to speak with Cooper Cox. TheSportsProfit.com is where you can find him or at SportsProfit underscore on Twitter. Cooper, how you doing, man?
7: Yeah, doing great. Uh, just hoping to uh keep the success going on the show for you guys.
2: Yes, sir, man. Hey, we all appreciate it for sure. Well look, obviously unless you live under a rock, you've seen Dion Sanders, the sunglasses thing, they're taking it personal. What is the line looking like over there with the Colorado, Colorado State game and how are you feeling on it?
7: Yeah, you know, it's it's been uh it's been an interesting um situation in general as far as the colorado buffaloes and and dion uh, is is concerned because they have been so heavily bet uh you know from a betting perspective uh the game last week um, against nebraska actually had a larger handle uh than any nfl week one game on the entire board so um you know obviously what they're doing from a marketing perspective seems to be working. But um, in regards to this game, Colorado is a 24 point home favorite and the total is at 62 and a half as it stands right now. Um, and it's a tough one. Again, Colorado is taking you know 90, 95 percent of of the bets um, in this matchup. Uh, Colorado State. I'm sure you guys have already heard. Head coach Jay Norvell goes out and says something about you know when he talks to uh, people he respects, he takes off his hat and his sunglasses. Um, so as if Colorado and Deion Sanders needed anything to get motivated about he went ahead and and gave them something to get motivated about. So um, I would have honestly said before that I've been waiting for my opportunity to fade this Colorado team because I don't think that they have the defense uh, to, to hang with, with some big time opponents, but I wouldn't say that that Colorado state is that opponent that I'm, I'm willing to trust uh, as far as betting the other way.
2: So you think that Colorado takes care of them pretty handily? I think the line is
7: about where it should be, and, uh, and you know, in an instance like that, it's just a game that I, I would typically pass on. Now there are going to be games on Colorado's schedule that I'll definitely be looking to uh, to get involved in, but uh, yeah, this this probably just isn't isn't
2: the right spot. All right, well let's let's head to the SEC. We're out here in the southeast. What are you thinking about that LSU Mississippi State game?
7: Yeah, yeah, that's that should be a good one. This this is, uh, as far as college football this week, there are not a ton of heavyweight matchups, so uh, this is one of the better games on the board, in my opinion. Uh, LSU currently a nine-point road favorite going in there at the Mississippi State, total sitting at 54. Um, so, look, here's the way I view this one. Um Head-to-head last week, or sorry, last year, 2022. This was a 31 to 16 win uh, for LSU against what I think was a much better Mississippi State team. I, you know, you you look at some of the departures, some of the losses, you know, since the the, the passing of, of of Coach Leach. Um, you know really unfortunate situation but there was just so much turnover um after a, after that happened and 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 after you know the new staff came in there was a ton of turnover that they, they lose uh, three starters on the defensive line three defensive backs uh including you know Emmanuel Forbes who goes first round to the the Washington Commanders uh, Cam Young a third round defensive tackle goes to Seattle um so for me this has got to be an LSU spot if if I'm betting this game I'm probably laying the points with L S U, you know, laying the eight and a half, laying the nine, where, wherever you can find it at now. Uh I just think I just think they'll have too much firepower. I don't think Mississippi State looked all that impressive last week against uh Arizona, who is one of the lower end Pac twelve schools. And um yeah, I just I don't see how the Mississippi State defense is going to be able to keep L S U out of the end zone enough to keep this one close.
2: I can agree with that. All right, let's hop from college to the NFL. Now, careful how you phrase this, however you're leaning. <laughs> Green Bay, Atlanta. I'm a Falcons fan. Don't let that influence your decision, but maybe a little.
7: Okay, yeah, I, I would never. Um, but looking at this one, um, very tight spread. Right now, Falcons are slightly favored. Uh, total sitting pretty low at 40 and a half here, uh, which. I've seen a lot of love, you know, in, in on Twitter and 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 around the industry from people on the over here. Which to me, you know, Green Bay, Atlanta, those those feel like high scoring teams, especially there at the Benz. Uh, in in Atlanta. You know, it seems to be some higher scoring games there historically, but. I can absolutely see why this total is low. Sure. Uh, you look at Atlanta last week, uh, you know, Ritter, he goes 15 for 18 for 115 yards and a touchdown. So efficient, but not necessarily, um, you know, dazzling or explosive by any means uh, leading receiver in terms of yardage was Kyle Pitts, two receptions for 44 yards. Um And and the thing about that game is uh, they were sacked. They were sacked four times by the Carolina defensive front. Um, They managed to obviously come away with the victory, but I think the game was a lot closer than the score in the end. You know, the game ends twenty-four to ten, but the the biggest turning point in that game was Carolina turning the ball over on their own end of the field, Uh, and Atlanta was able to cash in on that. So uh, both teams were pretty horrible up front offensively on the offensive line, uh, seven sacks total. Uh, Carolina was five for 14 on third down, and Atlanta was only two for 10 on third down. Um, I don't see that necessarily getting a whole lot better against the Green Bay team uh, that was able to sack uh, just, Justin Fields um, in Chicago last week five times. So this Green Bay defensive front is going to be getting after him. I think Jordan Love looks to be a little bit more capable at this point in his career uh, than Desmond Ritter, and I would have to lean that direction towards Green Bay with such a tight spread. Um, You know, it's not like these teams know each other that well. It's not not a divisional game. So I would be looking at the road favorite here uh, only as a lean, but,
2: but yeah. They say bet with your head, not your heart. Unfortunately, I can never bet against my guys. But hey, everyone listening, Take take the sound advice. Don't be like me. All right, let's let's finish it up with one more NFL game. Dallas Jets, no Aaron Rodgers. The Jets. That was my Super Bowl pick, man. What is this game looking like?
7: Yeah, I remember you mentioned that last week, and uh, this is I don't actually know we, a
2: matchup of my two Super Bowl picks. It was Dallas and the Jets.
7: That's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if you, if your Super Bowl pick could have taken a worse hit. Obviously, yeah. with you know, Aaron Rodgers played a grand total of ninety seconds or something like that. Uh really unfortunate. Um I was on the Jets the plus two and a half last week. Um, I can't remember if I gave that out on this show or not, but um that was able to come through in cash even with um with Zach Wilson back there having to step in for the Jets. But yeah, so here are my thoughts on this one. And keep in mind I am a Cowboys fan. Um, I you know, I've grown up in Cowboys country. I I'm i have been a Cowboys fan my entire life. And I, you know, with that being said, I know I know the team as well as anybody. This game on Sunday, to me, should be Dak Prescott's worst nightmare because this New New York Jets defense is legit. Um Cowboys open is a nine and a half, ten point favorite here. I'm gonna be targeting the Cowboys team total to go under twenty four in this one. I think this one is a slog, I think it's a grind uh and whether the cowboys are able to cover that spread or not i think it's going to be pretty tight as far as the spread is concerned but i'm comfortable taking the cowboys uh, under that team total of 24
2: all right hey cooper cox the sports Profit. if any of our listeners want to keep up to date with all of your elite gambling coverage and analytics where can they find you at yeah, again, you guys can find me on
7: dsportsprofit.com. I've already got uh, tomorrow's college football card locked and loaded. Um, really looking forward to it, and I uh, could have some more additions in the morning as FCS and FBS lines begin to post. I'll be monitoring those, and then I'm also on Twitter at dsportsprofit underscore.
2: Cooper, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you over the weekend if some of our stuff hits, all right? All right, Nick, let's, let's cash some tickets. All right, man. Well, guys, we'll see. It worked last week. So that means it has to work this week, right? I should take everything I won last week and throw it all on this week, right? Because you know, if you have a penny and if you double a penny every day for a month, by the end of the month, you have a million dollars. So I just need to bet a penny, and if I can go on a 30 day streak, I'll be a millionaire and you'll never hear from me again. I'm sure some of you would like that. Some of you might be heartbroken. Hey, and those of you that are heartbroken whenever I cash my million-dollar ticket and I'm not here, I'll buy something for you. Nothing expensive because you know you don't get rich by giving things away. But you know, I'll, I'll show people love that show me love. And guys, we got one more segment before I pass it over to Pigskin Pete until midnight. This is The Final Drive. We'll be right back.
4: Hi, this is Mark Malone, former NFL quarterback. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
2: Welcome back to The Final Drive. As some of you are going to be making your final drive currently, either from work for the week or... Maybe you're headed to some of these high school games. And look, if you're going to any of these high school games, you need to get on the Sound Mobile app because we got all our listeners out there. We've got some of our own analysts and reporters out there. They're going to be live feeding. Minute-to-minute coverage, score updates of all the games around the county. It's kind of like, you know, the ticker at the bottom of ESPN and CBS, wherever you're watching your games at. It's like that, but just for the high school games in Mobile. You can only get that on the Sound of Mobile app, and you get to be a part of it. I mean, what can be better than that? Am I right? But, guys, it's been a great show. We talked about Nick Saban. You know, basically saying the Milroe experiment is over. That was two weeks of fun show content for us. And look, and, and now we have another quarterback that we can talk about. Nick Saban, you're making it really easy on Corey and I uh, to make content for this show. And look, we had a guy on yesterday, Gary Harris, not the one that plays in the NBA, the one that covers the Alabama Crimson Tide. And he was saying that he thinks that Alabama should maybe start working in some QB runs, maybe get some RPOs in there to make the offense better fit to Milrow. And that just is a little unrealistic if you think about it. You can't just flip your whole offensive scheme in one week just because it didn't work with Texas. It'd probably be easier to just switch the quarterback out and put a quarterback in that can run the scheme. And so who better than Tyler Buckner, the guy from Notre Dame, to come in and run the scheme of the old offensive coordinator from Notre Dame? Now, will it generate into wins? Is Alabama all of a sudden going to be competing in the SEC championship? I don't know. But it'll probably work out for the best, I'm sure. The uh, There is a downside to it. Jalen Milroe, every time he played... What was Kirk Herbstreit? what were all these commentators saying? Man, this is the most athletic guy on the field right now, on offense and on defense. Well, now he's not going to get on the field at all. And now Jalen Milrow is going to be playing for a different school next year. You can hope that he doesn't, but hey, it's going to happen. Once you're getting that Dre Beats NIL money, and then you get sent to the bench, and all of a sudden the NIL offers aren't coming in, you're going to go somewhere where they will, and to a team where they'll craft an offensive system a run heavy system around your abilities so Jalen Milo's time wearing crimson is over unless he goes to a team that also wears crimson but guys this has been the final drive this has been fun good luck to all your teams this weekend unless they're the Packers because I as we all know I'm a Falcons fan I'll talk to you guys on Monday. We'll have a lot to cover. What's Buckner look like? What do all these NFL teams look like? Monday night football, it's going to be great. High school football coming up. Talk to you guys Monday.